You're not in this story. Yeah, well, we're making it up as we go. Welcome to Making It Up As We Go, a Destiel fan fiction anthology podcast. We're making it up as we go. I'm your host and reader, Nerdy Nerdenstein, but you can call me Katie. The story is ours now. You can't have it back. Please be warned that this podcast can and will depict explicit sexual content and is not intended for young audiences. Hello, and welcome to Episode 9. Today I will be reading Real Slick Dean, Chapters 9 and 10, written by Triliath. This is the final installment of the fic. The pertinent tags for today's story are Alpha, Beta, Omega Dynamics Nodding, Rutting Lots of semi-dubiously questionably consenting sex, sort of Fuck or Die Masturbation Rough Sex Shower Sex A Side of Feelings Mostly Plotty Porn Omega Dean Breeding Kink Fertility Issues Alpha Castiel, mild discussions of lack of consent between Cass and Dean, background character depicted being raped by criminals in Chapter 1, Castiel is a special victims cop. If you are able, please go to the author's AO3 story and give comments and kudos to them for sharing this with us. The link is in the show notes. This will also be posted on AO3 as a podfic under my username, and the link will be in the show notes as well. Chapter 9 Gabriel's prediction of days turns out to be wrong. Though the heats don't accelerate, the damage to Castiel's body does. And no matter how much they pretend, the efforts of the sex are starting to wear on them both. Gabriel isn't making much progress on coming up with a solution, no matter how hard he works or how many people he consults with. He draws blood regularly, and Dean and Castiel don't stop fucking like bunnies. But things only get worse. His body aches almost constantly, bone deep. He looks pallid and half dead already. Even when he showers, it doesn't improve. Worse, when they fuck, it's no longer revitalizing like it had been in the beginning. It's hard to argue with the facts. Castiel is dying. He doesn't ask again for the fast way out. It's coming quickly enough, and he doesn't want to see that look on Dean's face again. He's mostly just fading, and he doesn't really want to miss any of the time he gets to spend with Dean. He's less and less able to participate in their matings, but Dean is persistent each time the rut hits. 
It gets harder each time, and his emissions fewer and fewer. He tries to tell Dean to stop, but he refuses, demanding an orgasm from Castiel any way he can because the alternative is worse. Castiel eats and hydrates as much as he can stand when Dean makes him. But Gabriel's blood analyses are starting to show signs of organ failure. His kidneys and liver are struggling severely with whatever the overdose of artificial rut has dealt him. Eventually, Castiel starts slipping out of consciousness more often than not, and even when he's awake, he's barely coherent. He's not going to ask for the fast way out, but he does want to say goodbye while he still can. So he asks for his friends instead. They've all fought so hard to save him. He wants to thank them in person. Dean says something he doesn't understand when he makes his request, but he closes his eyes and doesn't try to figure it out. He knows Dean will help him. That's what Dean does. They'll come. The next time he wakes up, it's different. He's not in the bed this time. He's on the floor, cradled in Dean's arms. He's not sure how he got there, but that's true of a lot of things lately. Cass, hey, Dean barks. Cass, you with me? Castiel blinks hard, trying to focus on his face. Dean, he murmurs. Yeah, right here, Cass. We're all here. That's good. Think, is all he manages. Yeah. Dean says, voice cracking. Yeah, we hear you, Cass. A soft smile slips across his lips as his eyes focus momentarily on Dean's face. He wants to kiss him everywhere. Perfect. One taste. He slurs, fingers clutching uselessly at Dean's skin. Dean swears, but it's hazy, fading. He closes his eyes, he thinks. Maybe they just stop working. Dean says something rude, but it's not to him, so he just curls tighter to him. Or he would if he could move. Castiel's just glad that when he dies it will be here, with Dean curled around him. With Dean touching his lips. Oh. Oh, with ambrosia on his lips. He parts them pleased at this parting gift. He somehow manages to move his tongue to taste this offering. It jolts a new breath into him and he uses it to suck harder on the offered fingers. He huffs his annoyance when they disappear, tugs impatiently on Dean's arm. But they return moments later with even more of the glorious nectar. He makes a pleased hum as he licks them clean. He opens his eyes, finding Dean's face again. He looks surprised. Oh, Gabriel's voice says. Right, Gabriel is here too. They're all here. He has such kind friends. Oh, the... Dean, that's it. It's the proteins. That's why I didn't see it in the blood work. 
The proteins that reconfigure when Alpha and Omega's... Fast, not nerdy, Dean barks at him, never tearing his eyes from Castiel's now that they're focused on him. Shit, just keep doing that, with your slick. Uh, fuck, the metabolism should be fine. He mutters, thinking aloud as he pushes to his feet to pace. Castiel frowns as Dean removes his fingers again. Greedy, Dean mutters, but he just shakes his head fondly as his hand returns with more slick. If it's... then the emission will remove the toxins, but... No, there's too low a transfer rate. How can we get the... He paces. He's saying more, and the others seem to be paying attention, but Castiel can only seem to focus on Dean's face. He hears other voices, and then Gabriel says, But Dean can't produce that quickly, even if I induce heat. Heat? Castiel smiles slowly up at Dean, licking his lips. Yes, he would like Dean to go into heat. He would like to mate Dean, to breed him. Dean should go into heat. That would be good. Wait, wait! Charlie snaps her fingers frantically at the same time that Joe blurts, Hell yes, there's more! Charlie? That means she's made it through her first heat. That's good. He's glad he saved her. She'll like it here. What? Gabriel asks, confused. They must have been in here longer than he thought if she's done. Not that noticing such mundane things as the passage of time has been important. Not when he had more interesting things to pay attention to. Namely, Dean. Dean's slick. There's more. In the slickery, she says. Would that help? Yes, yes, Gabriel says, changing course and hurrying for the door as the others push to their feet around them. Come on. Stay with me, Cass, Dean orders. Castiel frowns up at him, but he obeys and doesn't get distracted from the sweetness on Dean's fingers, even by the realization that he can feel Dean's warmth against most of his body. Dean's wearing a robe. That annoys him. Dean should always be naked. It should be the law. He cracks a smile. He's the law, or at least a small piece of it. He could make that law. What are you laughing about? Dean teases him gruffly, eyes bright. So bright, like the sun shining through summer leaves. Like the first apple tree buds in spring. Like young corn stretching for the sky. They should do things together. Go places. Castiel should take Dean everywhere in the world in search of the shade of green that matches his eyes. He tries to tell Dean these things, but words are still difficult, especially when Dean brings him more ambrosia, and he's far too busy using his mouth for other things. Dean's attention is jerked roughly away, and after a moment Castiel processes that Joe and Charlie have come hurrying in with jars in hand. The Omegas seem the least squeamish about the natural bodily fluid, even more than Gabriel though he is the first to open a jar and tip it over. Castiel hisses in shock when the first splash of refrigerated liquid lands on his skin. On his skin, everywhere, 
He'll be able to absorb it into his system faster the more surface area we cover. His complaints about the cold don't slow them down. Joe just scoops more into her hands and starts rubbing it over his chest as Charlie heads for his feet. And I'm out of here, Ellen announces apologetically. It makes sense. She's the only other Alpha who isn't related to Dean. The pheromones must be as overwhelming to her as they are to Castiel. He breathes in deeply as the slick starts to warm onto his skin, sending Dean's scent into the air even more richly. This is so messed up, Dean grumbles. How you are such a freaking prude, Dean, I'll never understand, Joe taunts, slapping a jar into his hands and then tipping her gaze significantly to Castiel's lap. Yes, Dean should definitely pay attention to his lap. Especially Dean. Castiel isn't body shy, but he would much rather Dean be the one. Thankfully, Dean only hesitates a moment before he scoops out from the jar and shifts to reach down under the towel over Castiel's lap. He sends Castiel a wink that makes his eyes crinkle as Dean slides his hand against Castiel's skin. Gabriel interrupts his field of vision, and before Castiel can complain, he lifts one of the small jars to Castiel's lips. If you could swallow some, that would be really good. It smells cold and stale compared to what it's like getting it straight from the source. But Castiel opens his mouth, letting Gabriel pour it in. It still tastes almost painfully good. An exquisite luxury being poured down his throat, making him dizzy with needs his body still too weak to attempt to satisfy. Good. That's good, guys. Let's let it dry. Cass, don't shower until I say it's okay, you hear me? We need to let this soak in as much as possible, and then do it again later. Even once we get you through the woods, there will still be a ways to go after to get you back to healthy. Castiel nods. Joe backs away then, capping the jar she'd had open. Moments later, Charlie does the same, having completely coated Castiel's body from the towel down. Told you the shower sex was a bad idea. Dean teases as he rubs the slick into Castiel's cock, then lower between his cheeks. Castiel frowns. No, it had been excellent. Dean snorts at the look on his face and adds more slick to the fingers that are pressing up the crease of Cass's backside. Castiel frowns harder. An alpha doesn't present himself like that when there's an omega waiting for... No. He shakes off more mental cobwebs and deliberately spreads his thighs so that Dean can rub more on him. Into him, even. He's more than a knothead, and he's never let his alpha side rule out anything he wants to try. Kink roulette, Castiel murmurs. Try everything once. Dean laughs wetly, digging his slickened fingers deeper into Castiel. Oh, I'm gonna hold you to that, Cass. He says, voice going rough. His eyes are darkening with desire as he looks back up at Castiel. And he gazes back with just as much heat before Dean goes back to work. Cass, hey, Gabriel says rudely dragging his attention away from Dean's freckles again. 
you should ingest more, as much as you can, of this jar. We'll save the rest for later, but try and drink this little one. Castiel's nose wrinkles, dipping his finger into the fluid and considering it. It doesn't taste as good from the jar, he grumbles, even though he licks his slickened fingers. But then his eyes light on Dean, and he smiles slowly. Who needs a jar? Dean's right here. He's still weak, but surely has enough strength to eat. But if you insist, doctor. He pushes to his elbows with determination, then up to his hands. Gabriel seems to be preparing to hand him a jar to lick from, but he ignores him. He pulls his hips away from Dean's ministrations and reaches for him with hands instead, ignoring Dean's confused murmur. You all should go away now. Castiel growls to the room as he drags Dean around to face away from him. There's a chorus of protests, but he ignores them in favor of tearing the robe the rest of the way off Dean's body, much to the Omega's surprise and indignant grumbling. Unless you particularly want to watch me eat out Dean's ass. He doesn't wait for the responses. He just pushes Dean over and spreads his flesh, though Sam's horrified groan and Charlie's excited grin before Balthazar hauls her away are probably going to be very amusing in retrospect as the room starts to empty quickly. He also ignores Dean's embarrassed hiss of Cass in favor of immediately burying his face in Dean's crack. He hears Gabriel tell Dean something, and Dean answers in similarly urgent, if embarrassed, tones. Then the room is empty, save the two of them. I guess it's working. Dean gasps out on a laugh as Castiel nods, dragging his tongue through his hole in response. So, uh, just so you know, exhibitionism in front of family? So not on my kink list. <laughs> Noted, Castiel says with a laugh as he comes up for air. But after that, he makes it his purpose in life to shut Dean up of anything other than sounds of pleasure. He licks until Dean's cock is hanging hard between his legs, sucks until his own is standing at attention again. He drinks until Dean is moaning and Castiel's body is shaking with the dizzy need for more than this, to bury himself into Dean. When he lifts his head, the room spins. He falls back hard on his ass, and Dean turns quickly to look at him. Hey, okay, that's enough. We've got to take care of this now, Dean says, touching Castiel's throbbing erection. Castiel nods numbly and lets Dean push him flat on the bed, lets him rearrange him how he wants him. Because he knows Dean is going to take care of him, he's going to bring his beautiful pink slickened hole up and... Yes. Dean is sinking down around him, filling himself with Cass. It's literal chemistry, he realizes, feeling the tingling through his cock that spreads throughout his body. He feels drunk on it, overwhelmed. It's not the same as before. He's not feeling like he's fading. But he's still running out of gas, just 
floating instead of disappearing. It's too much. He's vaguely aware of Dean riding him, of there being words coming from his mouth. Dean, he should... He tries to focus. I need you to fight. Come on, Cass, come on, Dean urges. I need you. Castiel blinks at that, eyes focusing up on his Omega's face. His Omega needs him? Yeah, Dean breathes, latching onto the word that has his attention. Yeah, I need you, Cass, he confirms. Castiel nods minutely. He's tired. So tired. But he has to help Dean. I need you. Dean repeats desperately, taking Castiel's palms and putting them to his belly so that he can feel the undulating muscles of Dean's abdomen as he rides. I need you not. I need you to breed me. Breed him. Yes. His omega needs his alpha for that. Yes, he breathes. Please. I... Dean's voice breaks. Nobody's ever been able to mate me, but if... Cass, I need you to try. Mine, Cass says, hands tightening a little on Dean's belly. Yeah, Dean agrees fervently, riding harder. Yeah, but you gotta mark me up inside. Make me yours. That drags a possessive growl from Castiel. Dean makes a responding sound voice rough with want and frustration and desperation in his voice as he says, Come on, Cass. Not me so you can paint my insides with your cum. Lock your seat up in me and make me yours. His legs are shaking with the effort as he clenches down around him, fucking hard against the swell of the growing knot. Damn it, Cass. Give it to me. Give me everything you've got. I need you to. Dean needs him and Castiel will oblige. The orgasm overwhelms him completely. He can't even breathe or see or do anything but explode into Dean. Even when he thinks that maybe he's done exploding, maybe he should come back down, there's more. He's still shattered into a million pieces, trying just to remember to breathe. For a long time, he's not even sure of that. He floats for a long while, vaguely aware that his body is still releasing itself into Dean. The thought of Dean, however, pulls some of the pieces back together. He focuses on that, on the perfect taste of him, the scent that feels like it's been worked into his very bones. Eventually, he starts to see things again. See Dean. Dean's relentless, still riding, still tugging against his knot, still clamping down around him as much as he can, dragging as many demi-orgasms out of Castiel as possible. Each one leaves him feeling a little clearer, a little more able to focus on the insanely beautiful sight of a sweaty, exhausted Dean Winchester fucking him with every remaining ounce of strength he has. Each time, it's easier to come because he can feel more clearly. Hear the words Dean is intermittently muttering. 
That's right. Every last drop. Dean breathes as he milks another load from Castiel. Mine. Yours. Castiel agrees firmly, and Dean's eyes snap up to his face. Cass, you're with me? He asks, eyes worried, searching. Castiel nods, and a beautiful grin splits Dean's features, relief painting his face a moment after. His eyes are shining as his hands come up to frame Castiel's face. Oh, thank God. He kisses him, hard and fast, but neither of them have breath for more. So Dean just lays over him, holds his eyes so he can see him, see the fog burn away with each pulse and roll of their joined hips. It's wonderful, and also rather uncomfortable, for both of them if Dean's slightly distended belly is anything to go by. But it's not the bone-chilling ache of dying. It's the sort of sensation that is a reminder that he is alive. That he's alive and Dean is here with him. And for a while, that's all that matters. They repeat the process the next day after an extended bout of sleep. Castiel goes through three more ruts, but each one is further apart and shorter, till on the third, his knot starts to ease almost immediately. He knows then, on an instinctual level, that it's over. When he tells Dean as much, the Omega groans with relief and rolls off him, proclaiming that he's going to sleep for a week. He kisses Castiel, then disappears to go spread the news. Castiel smiles after him, and though he tries to wait for him to come back, sleep claims him instead. Chapter 10 Castiel is miserable, but that's to be expected, even a month into his recovery. For the first week, he'd done little more than sleep and drink water and occasionally bathe. He barely remembered it. He certainly didn't remember them moving him home after the last rut had ended, and he'd passed out for a good long while. He does remember that his friends had all come to check on him now and again bringing him food and rambling on about anything and everything to keep him entertained. Gabriel told him all about how he was going to be an awesome case write-up for him to publish. Balthazar bitched about the rookie they'd paired him with temporarily while Castiel was on leave. Naomi had thankfully not come, but had sent a get-well fruit basket. Ash talked about Charlie. Charlie talked about Joe and Joe actually talked about stuff that she and Castiel have in common. Ellen talked about the most mundane things, about the business and the Omega Network. But sometimes she would get this look on her face, watching him, and he'd sit very still, hoping she'd say something. They still visit regularly, though less frequently. He is still very grateful to all of them, Dean never comes. But then again, they aren't actually friends. 
The deep intimacy they shared inside that room had been a unique situation. Out in the real world, it couldn't be anything but awkward between them now. Castiel is, at the very least, still addicted to his scent. He's quite probably enraptured with the whole of him after having spent that time together. The reality and fantasy too entangled to separate anymore. To Dean, it's probably much, much less. It would be next to impossible to be friends. He knows that. After the first few delirious days of asking and receiving only awkward silence in return, he never asked about him again, and nobody ever said anything. It seems like the worst thing in the world, but his friends would never willingly hurt him, so perhaps the separation they're enforcing is for the best. He tries not to think about it. Gabriel had said it would probably take about four to six weeks for him to get back to normal, but even then it'll take a while for him to get really stabilized. Physically, it feels like recovering from a bad bout of the flu. Psychologically, it's worse. He's frustrated by how much he aches, how despondent and hollow he feels, how it's only getting worse. The neurochemical wake of rutting was already rough, and this was inevitably much worse. He's alive, he reminds himself, so he has to have a little more patience. He's going to have to talk to his captain soon about whether or not he's going to be able to remain in special victims after this leave. His first instinct is to run from it, convinced he'll never be stable enough for it again. But he tries to be patient with that too, for Anna's sake at the very least. Still, it's hard to be patient when he can't concentrate enough to read, nor can he indulge his desire to go outside or go for a run. Too many foreign scents for his system to handle, Gabriel had said. Best to stay inside as much as possible. Running on his treadmill helps, but not much. Masturbating is thankfully off-limits for a while yet, so at least he doesn't have to think about that at all except it's nearly impossible to avoid. Working on his novel reminds him of Dean. So does cooking. Standing in the kitchen with his morning coffee. Showering. Sleeping. Breathing. There had already been a nice omega-shaped space built into his biology. He'd responsibly tended that slice of his life, over the last two years, he carefully carved out and filled it with Dean's scent and foolish fantasies before this whole thing had begun. But now there is a hole. A gaping, cannonball hole that he has no idea what to do with. He has no idea where to even start. Dean, his mind supplies unhelpfully. But that's not an option. So he does what he does every day now and goes through the motions as best as he can, eventually sitting down to write, to try and channel his emotions into something, anything that isn't wallowing in bed, because he thinks he'll break if he stays in that too empty space longer than is absolutely necessary. So he writes. 
He aches far too much today to concentrate, so it's probably all entirely garbage, but at least it's something. Still, he's glad when a knock sounds on the door, even though it draws him out of his writing. He'll be poor company, but at least a visitor might distract him from how much he aches. He's been making progress of a sort, but everything he writes is morose. If he's lucky, it will be Charlie. She always has plenty to talk about and doesn't seem to need him to respond very much. She also doesn't know him as well as the others, doesn't send him as many pitying looks. He puts a smile on his face as he makes his way to the door, because he can do that much for his friends. If it's not Charlie, then perhaps he'll invite her for dinner. He opens the door expecting to see a familiar face. What he isn't expecting is the way his whole world seems to slam to a stop when he does. Dean, he says softly. His eyes are somehow more green than he'd even remembered. His freckles brighter and the colors of his complexion more myriad. He looks even more beautiful, more perfect than is humanly possible, right down to the faint wrinkles of laugh lines he'd memorized. And then he realizes that everything hurts a hell of a lot less all of a sudden as he draws in the scent of him and time starts moving again. Dean sucks in a deep, relieved breath, like he feels the same weight being lifted. Oh, thank God. He breathes in a voice that's broken and raw with need and relief. Then they're moving in unspoken accord, lips meeting first, then bodies and limbs tangling together immediately thereafter. They kiss like they can blend together into one person holding each other crushingly tight. Castiel pulls him into the apartment and shuts the door, and then Dean is turning them and backing him up against it, kissing and pressing together till they can't anymore. Till they're shaking. He's breathing hard when he lifts his mouth and rests his forehead on Dean's. Hey, hey, Cass. Dean murmurs soothingly reaching up to brush aside a tear that's just edging over his eyelid when he blinks. Dean, you're here, he says stupidly. Dean laughs faintly. Yeah, sorry it took me so long. Castiel wants to ask why, for how long. He wants to beg Dean to stay, to stay forever. And yet he can't possibly open his mouth because if Dean says no, he's certain that this, after everything, will be the thing that kills him. So he just stares, just drinks Dean in with every sense, studies his eyes as Dean studies him in return. And then Dean swallows. He puts on a cocky grin, but it doesn't reach his eyes. There, still vulnerable when he opens his mouth to speak, and Castiel doesn't dare look away or do so much as breathe. So, uh, listen. I know we haven't known each other very long, but you maybe want to get coffee or something? Because I got this feeling, call me crazy, but I'm just sure that going our separate ways would be really fucking stupid. Castiel smiles then, finally. 
He reaches up to run his palm along Dean's cheek, and Dean closes his eyes, leaning into his touch faintly. There is serendipity here, after all. Yes, Castiel says when their eyes meet again. I know exactly what you mean. The End Thank you so much for listening. Or getting into a hostage situation. Or getting into a hostage situation. Or getting into a hostage si- situation. Situation. Hostage situation. Or getting into a hostage situation. <laughs> uh, or getting into a hostage situation that wouldn't end well. He looks over at Charlie speculatively. He looks over at Charlie speculative. <laughs> he looks over at Charlie speculative. What the fuck? Speculatively. Trying not to feel jealous as he rubs the teeth. <laughs> oh no. As he plunders Castiel's mouth with just as much as. As he plunders Castiel's mouth with just. As he plunders Castiel's mouth with just. Jesus Christ. There'll still be a ways to go after you get back to healthy. There'll still be. There'll still be a ways to go. (laughs) There's. Why can't I speak? Daryl? Daryl. Daryl. I'll just say there will. Hear the words Dean's intermittently muttering. Hear the words Dean is intermittently muttering. Hear the words Dean is intermittently muttering. Hear the words Dean is intermittently Hear the words Dean is intermittently. <laughs> Hear the words, Dean is intermittent. Stop it.
Thank you so much for your support. You can contact me on Twitter, Tumblr, or by emailing me at makingitupaswegopod at gmail.com. As always, thank you so much for listening. <laughs>